0: Hi everyone, it's Chatting with Nat, it's Natalie James and Natalie Jean, and today on Chatting with Nat, we have the honor of having indie pop rock artist, Ray Chris, Described as moody and rich, delicious, dark indie pop rock with a poetic base, Ray Chris has just busted out of your periphery. This nerdy software designer has just written her first album, Liberated Density. With two decades of silenced poetry, she brings a robust and alluring vibe to what are otherwise troubling topics. From a young bullied teen in West Virginia to an award-winning young adult in Cary, North Carolina, she is now traveling to the U.S. uh, to share her music. Let's give her a round of applause. What you Hi, Ray. How
1: are you? Hi. Doing good. How are you?
0: Um. Well, uh, I'm still live. I woke up. Um. It's been some. Uh, it's been a cray cray uh, past three years. You know, when you turn on the news. So it's something new. Um. So how oh, have yeah, for sure. during this? Let me see. How can I put it? Elections. George Floyd. Roe versus Wade. Pandemic. Pandemic had some babies. Polio. Um, monkeypox. Um, cicadas. What else is that? Vaccinations. <laughs> um. You name it. So how have you been through all of this stuff?
1: Oh. Oh. Definitely had my ups and downs. And by downs, I mean real downs at some point. Yes. I'm sure we all have. Yeah, 2020 was a, a doozy with health issues. and um, But uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff came out of it for me. I would say, though, as a side note, if you're not familiar, uh, I found Wim Hof, and it pretty much saved my life and sanity. And that's something that I continue to practice daily now.
0: And what is that?
1: Oh, Wim Hof. He's um, called the Iceman as well. I discovered him on um, the Goop Lab Netflix series that Kenneth Paltrow did. And Mm -hmm. uh, he practices, I consider him like a life coach, but he practices cold therapy and also breathing techniques that help to train Mm -hmm. your body and your mind and your will. So.
0: Well, good for you, you know whatever works for you, everybody has to find that nice. thing you know moves them and 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 really serves their body, their mind, and their soul um so uh, kudos yeah. for uh, being able to uh find something like that um so one one of the questions I like to ask is this um and I give you a little synopsis is the fact that obviously we know the pandemic was a horrible thing. Um, people lost lives, they lost family members' limbs, some people going through long-term COVID. It's just horrific. But on the other side of things, there were some pros. Obviously, we were um, locked down, and we had time to self-reflect. So a lot of times I would see family members walking together, and a lot of people don't have time for that anymore. some Some of my colleagues said they're cutting back on workout hours because they realized they weren't spending enough time with their families um climate change my god you know when we were not in the world um the the animals and the trees um they could breathe the pollution level actually went down when we were not um out there i'm sure they didn't want us to come back but here we are um there were a lot of articles of people um quitting their jobs because they realized that, okay, yeah, I need to make money, but I need to be happy while making money. So a lot of people put their jobs to do something more in tune with their destiny, their life mission. Um, like artists like you and I, you know, some people created EPs, albums, tracks, singles. Some people decided to rebrand. Some people said, no, I'm not doing this music thing anymore. So <laughs> my question is, <coughs> excuse me, during this time, did you take time to self-reflect about who you wanted to be as an artist? Who do you, you know, what, what is your legacy? What do you want to leave? Or did you just say, you know what, I'm good. I know who I am. I'm going to do my thing in the music industry.
1: Oh, good question. Um, I had a lot of time to self-reflect and a lot of time to find some healing as well. Mm-hmm. And that time that i had with myself was pretty crucial for me to gain the strength and be able to open up my journals for the past two decades and be able to process them and turn them into an album and something beautiful anytime before covid i don't think i would have i wasn't prepared for it so that really helped and then on the like um day job versus music side of it Um, because of the pandemic, our company began to offer remote options, which we didn't have previously. So it was always a very hard choice for me to be like, okay, do I, I, I'm very much a worker bee. So
0: um,
1: do I, I dedicate myself to my job? And then music had to suffer a lot of times because I wouldn't have the energy or the ability Right. To travel or be out late or so on and so forth. But now with remote working, I'm I'm able to um, go on tour and travel while I do my music and you know do my software job in a coffee shop wherever I'm at. You know, play music. So it's been a, it's been a blessing in disguise for me.
0: Um, I, I like that. <laughs> I think a lot of people realize, and it's funny because a lot of companies realize. Again, employees can stay home. We can stay pay them, and you know we can cut costs here and there. I think that a lot of companies are doing that now, where people are just working remotely. You know, it's just a lot of different things came out of the whole COVID thing, and a lot of businesses came out of the COVID thing. I think Zoom definitely made a lot of money during the COVID thing. Um, It's just been crazy. Uh, So, how did you? decide that music was going to be part of your life um did you come out of the womb um just singing or um was it something that you heard <laughs> or saw that made you say okay ray chris has to be with music you guys have to be one."
1: <laughs> oh no it, it's definitely in my blood uh and showed at a very young age my mom has always sang, no matter what she's doing, you know. I remember um, having cleaning days, and she would turn on, you know, some Bonnie Raid or some a Judd and just sing for the whole day, cleaning, cleaning the floors and the cabinets and
0: singing in the car,
1: and my dad also sang and played uh, guitar and sang Take It Easy to Me, and um, I sang so much growing up that my my brother you know probably wasn't very good singing but my brother would get so angry that I was always singing you know in the car at the dinner table and so my mom had to create this rule that I could sing on even days and then on odd days I wasn't allowed to sing oh wow <laughs> so that was been something that I've I've had and have it's, yeah, it's just, this is my life. I remember, um, I have, I had a a friend trying to coach me on, um, you know, preparing for a gig and, uh, they were like, okay, so maybe, you know, this day you only sing a little bit or, you know, right before your gig, you you take it easy. I'm like, I, Or maybe you do some, like, slight warm-ups, and I'm like, I sing all the time. There's no day that I don't sing. (laughs) I can be no radio, no car, no nothing, but, you know, I'm one of those people that just sing randomly. You say a word (laughs) or you mention something to me, and I've got a lyric that's coming out whether I want it to or not. (laughs) Not my lyric, you know, but just, you know, pop culture, music, or what have you. I call it my internal jukebox. It's just always playing.
0: See, we have something in common, because I'm always singing, too. Somebody will say something, and I'll reply in song rather than, um, normal conversation. <laughs> because it's just it's better that way. It's way more fun doing it that way. I mean, if the music is in me. It just can't let itself go. I know that for me, music has been a saving grace. Um, it's helped me throughout times, a lot of times,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: <clears throat> um, how important is it for you to be authentic as a person and in your music?
1: Oh gosh, a hundred percent. And and everything that I do. I think uh mm-hmm. most times I'm honest to a fault. <laughs> that can that can show in like personal relationships or like, you know in, like corporate relationships at work. Um, I have to constantly keep in check that I'm I'm not like giving too much information or being right. too transparent or yeah. It's definitely no. something I have to manage. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty honest, <laughs> and I like to speak my truth a lot of the time. Sometimes, and most and, and of the time, it's okay. But sometimes people are like, "Oh my gosh, man, like, you really have to say that." Yep, yeah, sure did. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can talk to person, yeah. and it's not. I'm not being nasty. It's just I'm speaking my truth. And sometimes when you say things a different way, they don't get it. And when you speak your truth, that's when they're like, "Okay, I hear you." That's when they hear you. It's just the oddest thing. They don't hear you any other way, Mm. but they hear you at that point. Um, So you are an indie pop rock artist. Why indie pop rock? Why that genre?
1: Mm, uh, It just came out that way. I honestly wasn't sure how to classify my genre Mm. uh, until um, it kind of grew out in the streets, you know, in the market with people hearing it and talking about it, and that's, that's how I named it from, from listening. So whenever I did my, my singles, my two singles that are out right now through CD Baby, you have to give it a genre. So I was, my hand was kind of forced at that point to pick something. And then I right. kind of, I think I chose like soft rock or acoustic or female um, artists. And then as it was out, you know, and, and the people's I got some feedback, and they'd be like, oh, it sounds like this person or like this band or like this, and I right. kind of just molded up together um, indie pop rock. And I think it's it's well-suited for, for the album as a whole.
0: Yeah, a lot of people don't like that genre question because the music has evolved over time, and what's happened is that a lot of artists do multiple genres, like you're doing pop and rock. Oh, yeah. um, I'm um, – mm-hmm. I'm a versatile artist. I, I do almost all of the genres, but right now I'm focused on um, Americana singer-songwriter type of vibe folk because that's what I like. I like the storytelling. It's not that you don't tell stories in other genres, mm-hmm. but it's more <clears throat> more relatable in that arena. So I complete, completely mm-hmm. get it. It's great to have a versatile uh, catalog. Um, it's easier when it comes to thinking licensing, um <clears throat> Your music, you you have more more to give in that sense. Um, so you know you can work more at out there in the world because right now, you know the music industry is very interesting. It's like <clears throat> Spotify pays like 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, .001 and you know they want you. We're trying to make a living doing this. You have to have another job, but you really want to do the music, and you're just <laughs> like, well. You know you open you got to open your catalog if you want to now if you if you're really stuck in that one genre you know that's the best, that's where your your best efforts are then I always tell people to continuously do that now what do you love most about being an artist
1: uh, I'd say it's almost like a love hate relationship. Um, mm because it's, it's like a duty almost sometimes when you have a, a feeling or, or an a unsettlement or something that you need to get out some message that's like knocking at your door constantly. And you're like, I'm not ready for this. Or like, I don't have time for this right now. Or like come back later or, or make it easier, you know? But um, it's, 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 it's almost like, uh, yeah, I haven't even considered or looked at it from that, perspective it's you know um, yes. but I, I and I'm growing more as an artist over this last year I've evolved so much as as an artist in my music um, so I think down the road I'll have a better answer for that I do love how many people I've got to, gotten to meet over the last year and so many people that come to me and they're like I love this track or that track or I love the message that you have in this song and I am like why why are these whenever I wrote this music it wasn't I wasn't trying to write it for people which sounds kind of selfish but it was mm-hmm. for me to get like a bookmark of my life there was there were things that I had processed that I had gotten through I'd healed and I was ready to face them I was ready to get them out that's why the album is called liberated density I was I was holding on to this stuff for so long and I was ready to get it out and I I wrote it for me. And um, I told myself along the way, you know, if people don't like this, it's okay. I'm enjoying this process. I have to do it. It's for me. And if it falls on its face, so be it. It'll still be there, a bookmark of my life, and I can move on. Um, but to have people come to me and say that it's helping them or it's moving them, it's, it's just a cherry on top that I wasn't completely prepared for. So that's been very rewarding
0: yeah I always tell people that yeah everybody is different when it comes to you know what they love most about being an artist but what I find is that you know artists have superpower people in the music industry have superpower because when somebody comes to you and says god that song really changed my life that is a superpower and I can give you an example so uh, this lady that I met um she was she performed, and this guy came up to her after um she finished performing and said, "Oh my God, your set was just amazing um and I have to tell you something she he he, he or she says to him, "You know I was gonna go home and kill myself, but after hearing your mm-hmm. performance, I'm not you gave me a new lease on life, so I think artists really don't oh, know gosh. me." Really don't know the impact of what their music does for them. You may write it for a different reason, but Mm -hmm. that it's just the fact that you wrote it. It does something to the audience. It does something to the listener that you you may not even understand. You may not know that it may save that person's life. Because what I've seen in the past year, couple of years, is that people wanted something to relate to. So people want hope in the in this crazy world of us. uh, Oh yeah just been, you know, we all had this fake news crap going around for the longest time, and people got sick of it. So I think a lot of people gravitated Mm -hmm. to independent artists, mainstream artists, so that they could get away from the stuff that they just couldn't understand, but gravitate to the things that brought them happiness and made them feel secure. Um, So Mm -hmm. when I think of, you know, what makes me um what I love about being an artist is I like the way that we can make people feel, you know, music makes me feel great. I love the way it makes me feel just like you as well. And why I write some of the songs, but you know, we have, uh, we have a superpower. I plan to get a t-shirt made like that. I know, you know. Music, <laughs> I like <is> my, it. <laughs> music is my superpower. Um, so, you know, Tell me more about your job um, designing software. Everybody, you know, it's funny that some people put in their bios. Yeah, I'm a little nerdy. I don't think that's nerdy whatsoever. I love the. I love technology. Okay, I'm a freak <laughs> when it comes to technology. i if I had the money, I, I, I would buy everything out there because it just the fact that people can create these things and these things are coming out of their head and they're just like, let me do this. Let me, you know, even something like. Creating a MacBook or even creating apps is just fascinating to me. So tell me about your
1: is your job, the software. Yeah, I totally geek out about it. And I think it's nerdy just because if you get a bunch of uh, designers or graphic designers in a room, um, mm-hmm. they're all going to be looking at the software designer and being like, okay. do you really – through that, are you really a graphic designer? Like you work on tabs and buttons and drop downs like <laughs> but I, I geek out about it, but for me, whenever I heard about user experience design, I think it was back in like twenty thirteen it was I was at my first um first job out of college, it was at a website design. Small, privately owned company in a garage with like four other de- developers. I was like, what is this thing? This is so cool. I can do like art and design, but I can also do like research and psychology on my users. And like um, there are so many different angles to come at it. I was like, this is much more like what my brain needs. I need to get into that. So right. um, over the years, I've kind of um, worked my way through my career path towards software. And um, now I work at SAS Institute here in Cary. And it's a wonderful, wonderful job. And um, we build business-to-business analytical software. And we have developers all over the country. So the team that I work on, we create um, design guidelines for developers to build off of so that all of our products look like a suite that come from the same company. And they look professional and marketable. And... Um, in our in our landscape with competitors. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> we love it. Me too. I remember. I remember my grandma was like, "What do you do again? I just don't understand." <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I I found that it's if you can explain your software job to your grandma, then you can pretty much explain it to anybody. <laughs>
0: right. You already understand. You got it. You got it. Um, so I think you sent me that you won CMA 2022 female rock artists award.
1: Yeah. So that was, um, beginning of August. I think I was, I had already started my tour for the album. And I think I got word of the nomination when I was at rooster walk festival okay. early. And I can't remember what, what month that was, but, um, Yeah, so I had a mentor, Evelyn Putnam, that kind of coached me on the day-to-day things that you can do when nominated, um, you know, to let people know that you're nominated and to um, promote yourself and so on and so forth. And then um, the announcement came out August 6th, I believe it was, at the awards ceremony. And I, I pretty much had it in my mind, like, I'm a new artist, a lot of people don't know my name. I had been on the road for months and I'd been like, you know, hitting the pavement, as you would say. Um, but I was like, that's not gonna be enough. And there was a gentleman that sat in um, front of my friend and I, and you know, we made small talk at the ceremony before yeah. it started. And he was like, yeah, I'm here for my, my daughter to accept the word for her. She's in Nashville right now, couldn't be here. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome that's great. I'm glad you could come and do that for her. And he's like, yeah, you should follow her on Instagram. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be in Nashville later on this year. I'd love to hook up with her. And so I go on her Instagram and I was like, oh, she's got 4,000 followers. And he's like, yeah, she's in the female rock um, group for (laughs) nomination. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I, I really wish her a lot of luck. You know, that's the category that I'm also nominated for. And, but um, I followed her, and I still anticipated, you know, meeting up with her in Nashville. And then, you know, once we closed our conversation and the award started, I'm like, okay, that's I'm not going to win. <laughs> like, I don't have 4,000 followers. There's no hey. way. And so I I sat there and was, like, trying to, like, mentally prepare myself. Okay, it's not going to be my name. It's not going to be my name. And then it got he, like, announced you know the nominees are and i think there were eight um women in the group and then there was silence and then there was my name and i was like i had to like literally pull myself out of my chair to make my body walk you're like what's
0: going on here
1: stage. i know i got so choked up because i was in shock but i got i got a few words out of thanks needed it you know god most importantly and uh made it back to my chair and i was I, I was in shock for a few a few days afterwards, even still. <laughs> yeah. oh. okay, well, I'm very honored and, and happy. Hmm?
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you very much. I'm honored and and happy to have been a part of it and hope to continue to be a part of that organization because it's, um, it's founded by Omar and the carolinamusicaward.com carolinamusicawards.com website has a lot of information about it and I think it's just a great cause so hopefully I can continue to be involved in in whatever capacity to help make sure that keeps going into the future.
0: Great. Now what is your songwriting process like and if you have writer's block, how do you deal with it?
1: Mm. So most of my songs came from Oh, gosh, I don't even remember. It was, I had, okay, I have a photographer friend that I reach out to sometimes whenever I'm having a show or something or a gig. he come and, you know, shoot some photos if you'd like. He's kind of in our friend circles, and he was moving his studio into his apartment. And this is a long story. <laughs> okay. And um, he, he texted me, and he was like, hey, can you come over and just model in this space and make sure that it's. it's okay it's not too squished or you know we have enough lighting and so on and so forth so I did and he got this wonderful picture and I was gonna post it but I was like no this picture has way too much like meaning and like substance to it it needs some content and I started talking to a couple of really close friends and mentors in the music scene Mm -hmm. um, about I was like I think I'm ready to like write an album Mm -hmm. and they're like Okay, okay yeah you should of course you should like whatever you need to do and I, I just was talking myself into it and like feeling it and like yeah yeah I think I'm ready like I haven't been ready for this in like 20 years I, I, I think it's time now and so I sat down and I went through all my journals and I have probably three four five journals for um, the last 20 years since I was a teen and I just went through and I picked it's hard to explain which ones I picked and which ones I didn't, <laughs> um, but it, it's kind of like going to the grocery store and knowing which which fruit is ripe, <laughs> that's a, um, and and which ones will make a good fruit salad. <laughs> um, so, and a lot of them were just pieces of poems. Some of them right. were full palms with like different parts to them that didn't fit. So I I taped them up all over my wall that's right next to my desk. Um, and I grouped them in patterns of uh, common themes. And after I was done with that, with all the ones I had picked out, I started to decide, okay, which ones do I want to keep for this album? Which ones don't fit? Took those out and then I compiled the groups that stayed and I would write um you know, if if it was like four or five poems put together, I would write it down on one sheet and be like, okay, this is going to be a song. I need to come back to this one. I'd put it aside. And I'd do it again for like four or five other poems and be like, okay, that's going to be a song. That's song number two. And I did that for 10 songs.
0: Mm. And I
1: took all of those, I took all of those to West Virginia and I stayed with my parents for, I don't even know now, two, three weeks. And I put music to them. And I I I am I play guitar, but it's more of a means to an end for me to sing okay. and to express myself. So I'm not a very skilled guitarist. So it's been kind of intimidating to think of writing songs when I don't have a great vocabulary, if you will, in guitar. Um, but okay. I sat down and just with each one, I was like, okay, what do I know? I know these chords. I know this pattern from this cover song that I do. I know like this or that. Let me just see what I can. And I just added them all in and wrote some melodies for them and they all came to life and it was it was kind of beautiful to see one of my favorite stories to tell is i was outside my dad's trailer and i was having coffee and i was sitting down with some of the lyrics that i had brought with me and i had my guitar and i was like okay f and g i want to do something with f and g this sounds like it's kind of moody for this song let me see what i can do and my stepmom came out to join me for coffee and uh all I was playing was this F and G strumming pattern for probably five, ten minutes, if not longer. And I was kind of humming like a melody of the lyrics thing where it could fit in. And um, you know, she gets up after a while and t- she goes back in and she goes, That sounds real good. You keep going with it. <laughs> <laughs> it the, the sweetest thing because it did not sound good at all. <laughs> it was two chords.
0: <laughs> wow
1: yeah that so see it
0: happens that way now. what happens to you when you don't and when it doesn't flow in your head right away? you step away, oh yeah, paper or the computer what do you do?
1: yeah, good question um I think it depends on the level of the block. If it's something <laughs> that's like like on the <laughs> tip of my tongue, maybe I'll just try like a different strumming pattern or a different chord or a different part of the song and be like okay i don't know what the verse is going to be but maybe i know what the bridge is going to be so let me go there right. and then just like step by step get myself through it but if i'm totally blocked and like i can't get any of it out i'm like okay there's something internal that i gotta work on so i'll step away maybe right. meditate for a couple of days connect with you know family or friends or nature or eat you know whatever my body needs mm-hmm. at that point but yeah, I kind of step away, process what I need to do, and then come back at it when I feel more refreshed and ready to face it.
0: All righty. And why did you decide to um, release this uh, new album, your debut album, Liberated Density? And how did you come up with the title for it?
1: Um, what do you mean by decide to release it? Um, Well, sometimes
0: people – let me tell you something. I know many people in the industry um, that have music out there, and they just keep the music to themselves until they feel it's ready. They always find something wrong with it, and they're always like, oh, my gosh, no, I'm not ready to release it yet.
1: Hmm. So Mm -hmm. what
0: makes decide, okay, this is the time to release this debut
1: album? (laughs) Oh, my gosh, it gives me chills thinking about it. I don't think I had an option. I don't (laughs) – it all came – so organically, uh, it flowed out of me with, within just a couple of months. And then I didn't have any recording studios. I didn't know anybody. And just so happened one of my friends it came across my social – no, I wanted to go to Saxapaha. This is a weird story. Um, I like Saxapaha because it reminds me of growing up in West Virginia. So I was like, I want to go back to that city. It's close to where I live now. And I'm going to plan a trip. And so I get on, like, Airbnb or something and, you know, request, like, things to do. And I was like, what? hey, that's my friend, James day- James Davey. And he was, like, offering singer-songwriter day, recording session, um, I guess in that city. And so I reached out to him, and I was like, is this you? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, do you do that locally? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, do you want to record an album with me? I only have, like, a few songs, but I'm in the process of writing maybe 10 or 12. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. I mean, who who – I I didn't have anything really to give to him I had like three songs at the time but he was like yeah let's do it so I go and I write these songs and then I we get in the studio by October and he and I are like composing okay this song sounds like it should have some cello this song should have some like um, some organ and I'm a very um backwards and shy sometimes and very anxious person so the idea of letting that nobody had seen this stuff yet mm-hmm. and that the, i and i didn't have much studio time at that point either so i'm like fresh fresh new blood in a studio with fresh new material <laughs> totally out of fish out of water almost but he was the most supportive person i could have could have had for this so um we got through recording all kinds of things had great ideas for a lot of a lot of the songs had some musicians come in and, and um play on the album and all of that came together organically and then um, whenever mixing came around uh, a friend of mine also passed by my feed um, on Facebook and I was like hey do you have any time for mixing right now are you still doing that and he's like yeah I'll get you in like next week <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay great <laughs> and then he is a, <laughs> a one that's Ryan Masticar he's a wonderful mixer and just point after point after point things just fell into place and it was there I didn't need any other signs to know like this needs to go out now this is happening whether I like it or not I'm kind of just a part of this and holding on as it happens (laughs) yeah there's definitely been a lot of obstacles too that I've had to face to get to get it here and the release process has has been um you know, hurdle after hurdle, you know, learning CD Baby, learning what is mixing, what is mastering, what's the timelines, what's promotion, what's self-marketing, like all of that stuff, having to grow into it and um, accept when things can't go out, you know, when you want them to or accept when you have to let things be what they are going to be, not exactly what you want them to be and yeah. kind of like letting go of a lot of things and, um, yeah, letting it happen as it as it needs to.
0: Awesome. Now I'm going to play snippets of your song, um, Robots Don't Get High and Skitter Scurry. Tell me what those are about.
1: Sure. So Robots Don't Get High is was the first single that I released whenever I first started mixing with um, Ryan Masikar. Mm-hmm. And it has, since um, the single and I also have a unmastered uh, hard CD that I have given to people physically whenever I'm around them. Um, Outside of that, we have remixed a few things of this song and it has been completely mastered now. So it has a bit of a different sound and um, I think, I love love where it's landed. So that's what Robots Don't Get High is. And then Skitter Scurry is later on in the album Um, Closer to my second single, um, which is out right now, called Skin, Skitter Scurry is on that side of the album. It's more of like a darker, introspective half of the album, and um, Skitter Scurry is a poem that I wrote as a poem, and I, I didn't change any of the lyrics. It is the full poem as a song um, so it's a little artsy it's a little avant-garde it's a little um cabaret um, and it's just a little bit of a different vibe that people haven't heard from me yet
0: all right let me play them. Very different. Both are very different. I like that. I like when you yeah, mix, thank you mix things up. Um, how do you handle all of your um, marketing and promoting and getting on social media? Because sometimes people just don't get it. It's a lot of work, and we constantly have oh, to be God. these pages and telling people what we're <sighs> doing. It's crazy. Uh, yeah,
1: you're so right, and it's been an internal battle of yeah. mine and from many different angles like being kind of even social media in general like um i don't know not even five years ago i hardly let people into my life on mm. facebook or oh, and i don't think i really had an instagram i was a, I, I still am a very private person but i've learned yeah. that i have if i want to let people if i want to have close relationships i have to let people in
0: and i okay. have to let them
1: see me and so just regular social media has been a learning curve for me to open up. Um so when it came to self promotion, I didn't I didn't want to do any of it, but <laughs> I've I've kind of kind of looked at it in two ways. One, um this music is not just mine. It's it's a lot of other people that are involved in my team, but also it's from a higher power in my mm from what I've experienced, not saying like, oh, I'm connected to a higher power and people aren't, but like as musicians, as artists, a lot of times when we get into our zone or our focus zone or our channeling, like we, I'm a conduit, you know, and um, I'm merely writing pen to paper to get something out that needs to, needs to be out, I guess. So um, to many people that I want to give this music and this art as much life as it can have and I believe in it. So it's almost like uh, I'm sacrificing what I do or don't want to do just right. so that this can have the best that it can have. And mm-hmm. on the other side of it, um, thinking of my bu- my music or my brand as a business, um, if, if I don't market or advertise, my business is not going to succeed. That's Businesses right. don't create a product and then sit around and wait for somebody to find it. They, they yeah. You have to market, you have to advertise. And since I don't have a team or um, a manager to do that for me, I have to do it for myself. Um, recently, thankfully, I've had some music friends and contacts that have led me to some teams and mm-hmm. managers that can help me in that space and are, and are um, starting to do so. But before when I had to do it myself, you know, I, you just, and I still have to do it myself, even if I do have people helping me. It's like you just have to let people know what you're doing or they're not going to know and they're not going to care.
0: Exactly. Um, What are three things you wish you had known before you got into the music industry?
1: Um, uh, That's a hard one. Um, (laughs) Well, I think.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) I think I wish I had known um, how much. Um, I'm, I'm starting to learn how much I have to like um, censor myself in some places because yeah. I, I'm now representing a brand and not myself
0: Amen. There you and, go. and
1: yeah so you know you go to a party and you can't you can't party you, you, <laughs> like unless you're with trusted people or trusted friends you can't say certain things you can't do certain things you can't have you know you can't let your guard down and, and just you know do, do cartwheels or whatever you know like people are now nowadays they're taking videos of everybody and anybody whenever yeah. they want to no matter if you've got consent or not so you got and they don't mean to they're just trying to capture a moment in time so you got friends that are taking videos in the middle of the night if you're at a party and you're like oh okay great i'm gonna to have to start thinking about this now <laughs> that's, true. that's
0: true you bring up a very good point
1: um and the other was um you know uh, how yeah how much I would have to sacrifice from from my life in other ways like in order to continue my tour and promoting my music and this album that's going to start streaming soon I'm having to rent out my townhome so I've had to completely clear out a lot of personal items stay right. and um, get myself to I got my cats out they're at my mom's now and I'm having to go I have like I have control problems, you know, and a little bit of OCD, who doesn't, but um, I'm having to, like, let go of that stuff and be okay with people in my private space because I have to for my music. That's, That's true. Um, so, yeah, there's a point. lot of sacrifices that people don't see from, from the beginning.
0: Yeah, well, believe me, you're preaching to the choir. No, I completely understand <laughs> that. Um, yeah, one of the things that I was unaware when I first started many moons ago is how many scammers there are in the music industry. It's almost like they can uh, the people that are just coming out and they're just leech on them and just, oh, I can make your, I can make uh, you a star uh, And it's like, no, that'd be it. Um, yeah. So, I'm kind
1: great. of, I've kind of grouped them into like my sleaze ball, um mm. radar category. Right. <laughs> so um, I entertain uh, approaches like that through the right avenues. Mm. Um, if, if I'm at an open mic or, you know, at a, a bar or a club someplace that, in some city that I don't know. And some, some, some guy comes up to me and says, how oh, I can make you so much money and let me manage you. And you, you could be a star. I'm like, Oh, this isn't okay. Email me. And maybe we'll talk, have a phone call. But you know, I have like some vetting that I have, <laughs> have to do in in order to, to trust somebody with something like that. And usually the, the ones that I have entertained have been like um referrals from close friends that have worked with people before. Okay. And um that way I don't have to fall on anything other than I trust this person, they have a a reputable standing. And I don't need to worry myself because worrying is and stress can just overtake so much stuff. So anywhere I can cut that out, I do. And (laughs) um, so, yeah, that's how I manage that.
0: Awesome. Now,
1: what's up next for you? Now, you say you're touring and
0: then what 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 else is?
1: down the road <laughs> yeah so um i fly out to san diego middle of september and then i'm going to phoenix to see my uncle for a week and then las vegas for a week and then i'm flying back and then my album will start releasing on streaming platforms um beginning of october uh mm-hmm. and then i will be heading to nashville to promote it there and then down to new orleans for halloween because i love halloween <laughs> mm-hmm. and then um coming back up and then spending the the, most of the tail end of the year with family to kind of catch up there.
0: So lots going up.
1: Oh yeah. It's busy, 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 but it's, it's a, it's a transition year. It's a growing year and I'm, I'm welcoming it. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of surreal some days um, because of so many major changes that have happened in my life, but this is the way this is, it just feels right. And yeah. sometimes you can't explain why something feels right. <laughs>
0: right? No, I agree um, with you. But if it feels good, it feels right. You do it. You know? I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. You got to follow your gut, your intuition, and do what makes you exactly. happy. Well.
1: Yeah, well, that's another thing. Is like before this music, I lived so much of my life in fear. Fear about mm-hmm. what people would think, or what what I would write, if it would be good, or I can't travel because of you know gas, or could die, or I'm a single lady, I could get kidnapped, or like so many things that, that living in fear. Like this past year, I've I've every time I hit those roadblocks of fear, I have to consciously be like, this is what I've decided, and I'm not gonna let fear run my life, and I'm gonna be safe, but I'm also going to still go after my dreams, because that's what my life should be. If not, then I'm I'm going to continue to to have a, a mental or a disease of sorts, you know?
0: Right. Well, I get it. I completely get it.
1: Well, Ray, thank you
0: so much for being on Chatting with Nat. Um, I learned so much about you, um, and I think you have a great voice. Uh, you're amazing. Um, keep doing your thing. I think that your start your your lights are your name are already in light, um and they will continue to be. Um, and you can't care about what people think you gotta do your thing. Just know that you're good and, and you know, I always tell people is that as long as you love your music, people are gonna love your music. The right people will come to listen yeah. to you five stuff. So um, yeah, continue continue to, continue. Continue doing doing what you need to do. Thanks so much,
1: Natalie, for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: All right,
1: everyone.
0: This is Chatting with Nat, and we had the honor of having indie pop rock artist Ray Chris. She's amazing. Um, you can go to her link tree, which is linktr.ee forward ray.chris, and you can find out more information, or you can just Google her. You know, we're on so many different platforms. You can just Google Ray Chris. That's R-A-E, and Chris is C-H-R-I-S-S. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free.